Hey there. Welcome to the podcast. Even though I'm recording this in the dog days of summer, I'm doing my best to keep in a Christmas state of mind, and going through my collection of old-time radio Christmas shows for this podcast has really helped create a Christmassy feeling around here. That and all the Yankee Candle holiday-scented car fresheners I've hung on my air conditioner here in the studio. It smells like a wreath full of sugar cookies dusted with orange-flavored gingerbread on the North Pole. <sighs> anyway, on this episode of Dinsdale Kringle's Classic Christmas Archive, we'll hear a pair of old-time radio detective programs with a festive flavor. From Christmas 1950, we have Santa Claus is No Saint from The Adventures of the Saint, starring the legendary Vincent Price as Simon Tablock. But first, from Christmas Day in 1943, it's Nick Carter, Master Detective, with an episode entitled Nick Carter's Christmas Adventure. The character of Nick Carter was a pulp hero, whose career actually predated the classic pulp magazine era by decades, first appearing in print in the late 1880s. Carter's popularity peaked in the 30s and 40s, though there have been a number of attempts to revive the character over the years. This Christmas episode comes from the series' first season, 1943, and stars radio veteran Juan Clark as Nick Carter. So now, let's listen to Nick Carter, Master Detective, and Nick Carter's Christmas Adventure. Another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction. Nick Carter, Master Detective. Tonight's curious adventure, a special Christmas story. Nick Carter's Christmas Adventure. Or the mystery of the reluctant contributor. We've been pretty lucky so far, haven't we? Yes, Cubby, we have. Which is another way of saying that folks are usually willing to contribute to your settlement house Christmas party every year, Nick. You know, Cubby, I was just thinking about this last name on our list. Yeah? Rasford. I don't know him personally. You? No, I don't, but somebody must have thought he was rich enough or interested enough in the work to make a substantial contribution. Oh, here's the... Hey, is this... Hey, Nick, what's that address again? 576 Milton Avenue. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And there's his name on the door plate. Well, let's take a look, Scubby. Well, gosh, this doesn't make sense, Nick. A guy with dough doesn't hide away in a place like this. Well, knock on the door anyhow. Sure. Doesn't seem to be anybody here, Nick. No, hold it, Scubby. I hear someone coming. Oh. Who is it? I'm Nicholas Carter. May I speak to Mr. Rasper, please? Nick Carter, eh? Yes, yes. And this is my assistant, Scubby Wilson. How do you do? Uh, you, Mr. Rasper? Yes. Well, come in, come in. It's cold out there. You're letting all the heat out. Oh, beg your pardon. Come on, Scubby. Yeah. I'm in, Nick. I'm in. Well, what was it you wanted? Well, Mr. Rasper, I've come to see if you would care to make a contribution to my Christmas party fund. I never make contributions. Oh, but you didn't let Nick finish, sir. The fund provides food and extra clothing for the needy and deserving the children. The charity department's still working, isn't it? Well, of course, Mr. Rasper, but my object is to provide an inspiration for the young people who are underprivileged. People who haven't got any money are always trying to get it from those who have. Then you aren't interested in seeing that the children of the Lincoln Hall District are helped to a little happiness on Christmas Day? No, I'm not. Christmas is old-fashioned. I don't believe in it. 
a waste of money and time. Good day. Oh, well, Mr. Rasper, it's always been a lot of fun for me personally. But I must say that I've always felt better for celebrating it. And I'm inclined to agree with Scotty, Mr. Rasper. Christmas has always been a bright spot in my life, and I feel sure that if you knew the good it has done throughout the world, it'd make you change your mind. Rubbish. Well, in any case, a Merry Christmas to you. Good day to you. Merry Christmas and beats a lot of nonsense. Come on, Nick. Let's get back to civilization. You know, Scuffy, that man's wealthy. No doubt about that. And yet he's soured on Christmas. And everything that it stands for. <laughs> you said our mouthful, Dick. You know, Scuffy, there must be reason why he thinks that way. And I'd like to find out what it is. Yeah, but you haven't anything to work on, Nick. Oh, no, Scuffy, I haven't. Not yet. But look here. I can finish up whatever has to be done this afternoon. Suppose you hop down to the newspaper office and go yeah. through the files there. There might just be something we could learn about Rasper that way. Okay, Nick, I'll be glad to. Then I'll have Riley check through the files at headquarters. It's a long shot, but something might turn up. Sure, maybe Patsy has run into something while she's been working down at the settlement house. She might know somebody who knows something about Rasper. Yeah, she might have that. I'll ask her about it. Okay. And maybe with all of us working together on it, we may learn why Rasper's so dead set against Christmas. I'd certainly like to find out. Junic. Uh, Riley talking. And I've been through my files here, and I can't find anything charged against a man named Ben Rasper. Oh, he, he was licensed to do business with a man named Howard Lowe, but Lowe died some years ago. Otherwise, Rasper is just a successful businessman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, Nick. There's an old fellow named Fred Anderson who used to be on the force who knows Rasper. Uh, sure. Uh, you can find him at uh, Lincoln Hall where you're giving the party. Oh, he, he's the watchman there now. Okay, Nick, that's all right. Uh, see you tomorrow. Hello, hello. Oh, yes, Scubby? Oh, you did, huh? Sports report, huh? Well, well. What was that name again? Chris Baum. Why, yes, yes, I recall. Oh, no, I'll be there in about an hour, so I want to call Patsy first. Right. And thanks, Scubby. Bye. Hey, Patsy? How's everything, huh? Oh, fine. I'm coming down to the hall. Is there anything you want me to bring along? Uh-huh. Why, sure, I can do that. But will that be enough, though? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Scubby just called. Oh, he found out something about Rasper. What? You did, too. How old is he? Name Jimmy, huh? And he's coming to our party? Oh, fine, fine, fancy. Okay, I'll see you in a little while. Bye. Oh, that's fine. We've collected enough to do this year's party upright. Now let's get organized. Riley, huh? your job will be to get the kids and the needy persons rounded up. Oh, sure, Nick. I'll take care of it. I got your lists and the list from the social worker and from the church down there. And there are plenty of others who'll need a lift this year, believe me. I know it, Riley, and I'll depend on you. Scubby, it's your job to see that the tree and decorations and gifts are taken care of. Don't worry, Nick. Decorating is my middle name. I'll make Lincoln Hall look like a million dollars in cash. <laughs> good boy, good boy. And Patsy, hmm? you'll see to it that there's plenty to eat and drink for the party, so I won't have to worry about that. I'll take care of the bills, and you have the letters the credit stores gave us. You know how to do that. Sure thing, Nick. Good. I've been through it with you often enough before. I ought to know what you want by this time. Uh, well, what are you going to be doing, Nick? Me? 
Well, Riley, I'm going to do a little detecting. I'm going to look into those tips you, Patsy, and Scarby gave me about those people who know Ben Rasper. And by the time I'm through, I hope to find out why it is that he hates Christmas the way he does. And then, well, then, maybe I'll be able to do something about it. for talking. Yes? I sent you the bell, didn't I? Well, what if it is you on the 27th? No, just because it's the holidays, no tell reason for a bill to be unpaid. Ah, goodbye. Darn fool nonsense, that's what it is. There's a lot of foolish... Still talking big, ain't you, Rasper? Well, who's there? What do you want? Don't you remember me, Rasper? No, I don't remember you. Who are you? They used to call me the kid. Chris the kid. Chris, sometimes known as the... Human flesh. Chris, you. Oh. Well, it's been a long time, Rasper, hasn't it? Uh, how'd you find me? Who sent you here? A fellow named Nick Carter told me I'd find you here in your office, even if it is Christmas Eve. Nick Carter? Oh, yes. Wanted me to give him some money for some fool party. Oh, for the party at Lincoln Hall, I guess. Ace never asked me for anything. Just gave me what I needed. When I needed it. Yeah. So he hired you to come here and take up my no, time to get... No, he didn't send me here. Just said I'd find you here, that's all. I came here on my own accord. To... Just to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thought you'd say that. Well, I don't mind. Because it's on account of Nick Carter that I can stand on my own feet again. Not on account of you. What's that? You mind if I uh, sit down? It was on Christmas Eve that we won our first fight, wasn't it? Fight? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I can remember the noise of the crowd, the glare of the lights and the smoke curling around and the brightness over the ring, and you leaning over me with that wet towel. You got him going, Chris. Another one like that last round and you'll have him in the ropes for the count. How do you feel now, kid? Come on, kid, rest. Just let me out. I don't have to wait anymore. It's my meat right now. You take your orders from me, kid. I'm the brains here. When you get the signal from me, you'll give it to him. Okay, Rasper. You're the boss. Go ahead, kid. Keep that left up. Keep your shoulder high. Keep it up. Right, right. That's the ticket. Now you can take him. Get set. Take him, Chris. Now. There were a lot of those little affairs after that, Rasper. And I always did what I was told, huh? Yes. You're a good fighter, Chris. Good fighter. I made a lot of money for us in those fights, Rasper. Well, a lot of money. the old days, Chris. Lots of water's gone under lots of bridges since then. I know. And the percentage you paid me didn't last long either. It went just like that water. But I didn't care much about things like that. Till the day a friend of mine came and gave me a warning tip. That started me thinking. Oh, Kent, how do you feel? Oh, hello, Rasper. Where you been? I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I've been around. What's up? I got a tip today. You're signing up Timmy O'Day. You're going to manage him. Who told you that? Never mind. Is it true? That depends. Depends on what? Look, kid, you're getting slow. O'Day's fresh. He'll be the next champ. If he wins this fight with you tonight, I'm taking him over. If I win tonight? I'm taking O'Day over anyhow. We've been together a long time, kid, and it don't pay to get in too much of a rut. So that's all it means to you, is it? Money. The payoff, huh? What about all the years we've known each other? What about the things we've been through? 
Why, you... No, don't... don't get yourself all in a sweat, kid. It isn't good for you. You'll get your cut anyway. Don't worry. You'll get your cut. I'll see you later. Last what do I do? Tell me what to do. I can't see him. My eyes all puffed up. He's cut me to ribbons. Tell me what to do, Rasper. <laughs> Don't bother me, kid. Use your own judgment. You're on your own, as of now. But, Rasper, you always... You're on your own, kid. I can still see it sitting there in the ring corner, laughing at me. But that was the last thing I saw for a long time. Old day sort of that. You must have coached him pretty thorough about my style. And then you really cashed in. Well, I haven't got much myself, but I'm still able to wish you a Merry Christmas, Rasper. Although I don't think you'll ever have one. Chris, I... Well, I've got some things to do, Rasper. Carter asked me to pick up some things for the party at Lincoln Hall tomorrow. We always have a swell time at Carter's Christmas parties. Too bad you can't enjoy anything like that anymore. Well, as I said before, Rasper, Merry Christmas. Uh, how can a man work with his mind whirling like a merry-go-round? Christmas Eve. God, it's a fine excuse for people to go around yelling at each other in the streets. Disturbing a man when he wants to get some work done. Oh, I might as well close the office and get some rest. Would have been home by now if the kid, Chris, hadn't taken up so much time. What Chris does for a living now? Wonder if... Ah, that's none of my concern. Get home and get some sleep. That's what I need. Uh, who's that? I'm closing up. Come back tomorrow morning. Oh, I'm glad I got here before you left, Ben. Uh, who is it? It's Nina, Ben. Oh, Nina. I only stopped by to speak to you for a moment. It's getting quite late, and uh, I... Uh... Well, sit down for a moment, Nina. Oh, thank Here, you. Let me get your chair. I, uh, I suppose it's rather bold of me to come after all this time, but I... Why, no, Nina, no. I, I'm glad you did. Is there something you want? Oh, no. No, there's nothing you can do for me, Ben. Jimmy and I are doing very nicely. I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. I was in the neighborhood doing some shopping for the party that Mr. Carter's giving at Lincoln Hall tomorrow, and How is I... he, Nina? Uh, Jimmy, I mean. Oh, he's fine, Ben. He's full of life and interested in everything. He has a good head on his shoulders, and he's very handsome, too. Oh, that's fine. Just fine. Uh, you're looking a little tired, Ben. Are you feeling well? Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. I'm, I've been working hard, that's all. I've Spend much time at home. Uh, not much reason to. Hmm. That's the way you wanted it, Ben. Don't you remember? Nina! Nina, where are you? Oh, Jimmy, there's Daddy. You wait here for Mommy like a good boy, won't you? Um, I'm coming, Ben. I've been keeping your dinner warm for you. I, I hope you'll... What's the matter, Ben? You look as if... That's you... nothing, Nina, nothing. I'm in a hurry, that's all. You're always in a hurry, aren't you? Never have time for... Where's my dinner? Sit down, Ben. I'll... I'll have it for you right away. <sighs> this plate is hot now. Be careful that you don't burn your I won't. Salt, please. Here you are, dear. Ben, when you finish, won't you take time enough out of your business to help me get the tree decorated? 
I know Jimmy's too young to know much about it, but I'd love to have his Christmas all ready for him in the morning. Look, I'll, I'll put him to sleep right away, and then we can start. See, I have some holly and mistletoe for the fireplace, and, and, and some... I won't have time for that, that, Nina. But, Ben, it's Christmas Eve. Surely you I have not... to get back to the office. I'm putting on a championship match for a day in January, and the things have gone haywire. Something that can't wait till tomorrow. You have to get it organized right away, that's all. Ben, this is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow will be Jimmy's first Christmas. Doesn't that mean anything to you? You and Jimmy celebrate Christmas any way you want to, Nina. I have something more important to do. Business is more important than sentiment. You certainly can see that. Yes, Ben. I can see that. I've been seeing it more and more during the last few years. I thought that when Jimmy came, maybe you were... No, I was wrong, wasn't I, Ben? You'd even let your love for business break up our home. Break up our... Oh, don't be melodramatic, Nina. I'm not being melodramatic, Ben. I'm, I'm trying to be very calm and quiet about it. I've had a lot of time to think when I've sat alone here night after night. And those days on end when you've been away attending to your business. And what has come out of all this thinking you've done? Just this, Ben. I'm not going on any longer. Either you belong to your family, or your family will get along without you. I have to rush, Nina. Good night. God, good night, Ben. It's good... Goodbye. Jimmy and I are leaving tonight. Look, I haven't time to talk about it with you now, Lena. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, this will probably take most of the night. Good night. Goodbye, Ben. Merry Christmas. never had much of a chance to make it up to you, Nina. You've had all the chance you wanted, Ben. But Nina, I... I just dropped by to say hello and to give you a wish for happiness during the holidays. It's hard not to share with you the joy I have with Jimmy. I, I wish you could see his eyes dance at Mr. Carter's Christmas parties. Unfortunately, on what little I make, we can't very well afford to have our Christmas at home, but somehow we don't miss it. Everybody has such a grand time at Mr. Carter's party, and Jimmy does enjoy every minute that he's there. Goodness, I'll have to be on my way. Jimmy's waiting for me, and I have to make one more stop for Mr. Carter. Good night, Ben, and Merry Christmas. Ah, this stuff doesn't taste like anything. Nothing at all. Understand what's got into me. It's good food, fixed the same as it always is. It just doesn't taste right, that's all. What's that? Someone at the door this time of the night? I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello, Ben. It's Fred Anderson. Glad I found you at home. I'm always at home this time of night. Yes, yes, I suppose you are, Ben. Uh, can I come in? Of course. I brought your package, Ben. Nick Carter sent me around with it. Said you'd probably be here alone tomorrow, and he'd like you to have it. Carter? What's Carter sending me? You might open it and see, Ben. I'm no mind reader. <laughs> That's any reason why Carter would want to... Hmm. What report? wine? That's your card. Merry Christmas from Nick Carter. What's the idea? You know anything about this, Fred? No, but uh, Nick Carter's a funny duck. 
Does lots of things people don't expect him to. Why, I don't even know the man. Only saw him once and then... Um, you want a glass of this wine, Fred? <laughs> don't mind if I do, Ben. Seems it's Christmas Eve. I don't mind at all. There's some glasses here somewhere. Say, how do you open this thing? Here, I'll do it for you, Ben. Yeah, that does it. Now, go ahead, you open it. Eh? Oh, yes, all right. Well, there, ain't, ain't you drinking with me, Ben? Huh? Oh. Yes, I will. That's a ticket. <laughs> well, here, here's Merry Christmas for you, Ben. Oh, yes, Merry Christmas. Well, what have you been keeping yourself, Fred? Oh, I've been sort of working around Lincoln Hall since I was retired from the force. See. You know, while I was coming here tonight, I was thinking about those old days when I walked the beat. Funny, most folks call them the good old days, but I don't. You did all right in those times, didn't you? Oh, sure, I got along. I was just thinking about the different attitudes folks have nowadays toward being given a hand. They appreciate it more, it seems to me. Charity's still charity, Fred. That hasn't changed. I guess it's all in the point of view, Ben. I guess you haven't changed with the times. That night I met you near the bridge. I was sure you were going to see that you were headed in the wrong direction and wake up in time. Remember that night, Ben? It was Christmas Eve. You'd just come from the arena. They'd handed you your walking papers because you'd let them down Merry Christmas, officer. Well, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Well, uh, what are you doing out on a night like this, Ben? I thought you'd be up at the arena getting the New Year's fights lined up. What? Oh, it's you, Anderson. No, I'm not at the arena anymore. That's so. What happened? Uh, they decided tonight they'd rather have Davis take over my job. Fine Christmas present, that is. Well, uh, that's tough news, Ben. What are you going to do now? I don't know. I can't seem to think straight. Oh, that's a crazy way for a man like you to talk. On a Christmas Eve, too? <laughs> Christmas Eve. That's never been anything but a jinx to me. First I get stuck with that no-good fighter all day. Then Nina leaves me and takes my son with her. And now Irina throws me out. Well, uh, maybe you better stop and find out what it is you're doing wrong, Ben. Maybe you're the one that's to blame, not Christmas Eve. Uh, they all take advantage of me. I made all the money I could for them, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Take it easy, Ben. Take it easy. You better go home and think it over. I have thought it over, Fred, and I know what the answer is. I'm going to make money for myself and nobody else. I'll show these people. I'll make so much money they'll come crawling to me on their knees. I won't have to ask for anybody's sympathy. You don't pay to think like that, Ben. You'll regret it. Now, look. I know that Phil Boynton, who runs the shoe store down on Elm Street, is looking for a man to buy in with him. Why don't Me you... work in a shoe store? Not in your life, Fred. I'm going after the big money. Big money. That's the only thing people understand, and I'm going to get it. Well, now you got it, Ben. You're one of the richest men in town. And what's he got you? Why, I don't know. Ben, it's too bad you don't get around and see what nice people there are in the world. People like this Carter fellow, for instance. Uh, does a man good to know people like him? Makes you feel there really is a Santa Claus to see him bring the smiles to the kids' faces at those parties he gives down at Lincoln Hall. Well, I'll be getting back there now, Ben. I've got a big day tomorrow. I'm not as young as I used to be. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Ben. I'll tell Nina I saw you. She'll be at the party tomorrow with young Jimmy. Good night, Ben.
the wall over there, right around here by the tree. Lieutenant Riley will hand you your gift. Then you go around to the table there and get your refreshment. Come on now, line up. That's it, that's the ticket. Now, march around here. Come on. Take your time now. Well, Fancy, how's it going? Oh, Nick, it's wonderful. Oh. We're having a grand time. Oh, that's fine, Fancy. Hey, Fancy, look. Hmm? Over there by the door. What do you see? Where, Nick? Oh, well, who's that? That, Patsy, is Ben Raskin. Oh, I hope he's come to join the party. For heaven's sake, that's the man I've heard so much about. Well, you look scared to death, Nick. Look, Patsy, will you go over and make him welcome? Oh, Patsy. Good. Hello there, Merry Christmas. I'm Patsy Bowen. Oh. Won't you join us? How do you do? I hope I'm not... Do you mind if I just watch? Well, of course not. Come right in. I wanted to thank Mr. Carter for the gift he sent, and I... Nick's right over there near the tree. Come along. Uh, children seem to be enjoying themselves, don't they? They certainly do. There's Lieutenant Riley handing out the gifts there. And Scotty Wilson with him, standing next to this girl. Uh, yes, I met Mr. Wilson. Look at Lieutenant Riley. He's having as much fun as the children. <laughs> so I see. Oh, there's a nice-looking boy there, Mr. Who? I mean, what's his name? Where? Oh, that one over there. Oh, that's Jimmy. He's a nice boy. His mother was a big jump to me in getting the refreshments ready. There she is over there on the far side of the hall at the table, see? Oh, yes. Her son. Yes. Yes, yes. I see. Uh, Nick, we have a new guest. Oh, hello there, Mr. Rasper. Merry Christmas. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, thank you, Mr. Carter. I, I came to express my appreciation for the gift you sent me. I hardly know I'll how to... Take nothing of it, Mr. Rasper. Your being here is thanks enough for me. Mr. Carter, uh, that little boy coming along the line there, Jimmy, I think his name is, do you think I, I might give him... I mean, could I hand him his gift, do you think? Why, certainly. Riley! Oh, yeah. Mr. Rasper here wants to lend a hand. Can you use him? Sure thing, Nick. Come along, Mr. Rasper. Thank you, Mr. Carter. You just hand him these packages as they come along, Mr. Rasper, <laughs> and enjoy yourself, man. I will. Uh, there, little girl. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Say, she... She liked it, didn't she? Well, they all appreciate a little kindness, Mr. Rasper. Now, now, here's a gift for that little boy, dear. Oh. Hello. Jimmy? Here you are. And a Merry Christmas, son. Well, you really have to be in condition to keep up with these kids. Boy, they're wonders. Hey, where do they get all that energy? That will be one of the world's great mysteries forever, Scubby. Nick, what are you thinking so hard about? Hmm? Oh, I was I was just thinking of the way Mr. Rasper took to the party. Huh? Hey, don't you mean the way the party took to Mr. Rasper, Nick? Yeah, I never saw a man open up the way he did. It was wonderful. The children just flocked around him. And that's one of the greatest jobs that Nick Carter ever did. What do you mean, Riley? Well, Patsy, you'll never believe it, but when Nick and I went to see Rasper to get a contribution to the party, he was the hardest case of unadulterated unpleasantness I ever saw. But somehow Nick managed to get under his skin and bring out, well, what she saw tonight. Well, for heaven's sake. How did you do it, Nick? Well, it wasn't difficult, Patsy. You see, I could see when we first spoke to Rasper that he was fighting something. But I didn't know what it was. 
But but, but Riley, Scubby, and you told me I found that three different times Christmas Eve had brought him bad luck. First, the fighter O'Day. Then Mrs. Rasper had left Rasper on a Christmas Eve, taking his son Jimmy with her. And third, he'd lost his promoter's connection at the arena, also on Christmas Eve. Well, the whole thing added up. Rasper associated Christmas Eve with a list of unfortunate incidents and fought anything that suggested the holidays to him. He made a lot of money, but it never brought him happiness. The big thing for me was to make him realize that people and Christmas meant good and not evil. And from what I saw this afternoon, the Rasper family and the whole neighborhood, for that matter, is going to benefit by his awakening to that realization. Oh, Nick, that's wonderful. You deserve a kiss for that. Oh, thanks, Patsy. I'm glad you feel that way, too. You know, I'm happier this evening because of Mr. Rasper than I would be if I'd solved 20 murders. He's made this a really merry Christmas for all of us. Adventures of Nick Carter, Master Detective, which are brought to you regularly at this time by WOR Mutual. What's your story going to be about next time, Nick? It's a little different from the usual story, because it started out with Nick himself being the victim of a holdup. Yes, and the men who held me up turned out to be innocent after all. Sounds a trifle complicated to me. It was complicated, but interesting. And it gave me plenty of troubles before I found the solution. Including a sore throat that almost finished Nick Carter. A sore throat? Why should that be dangerous? Because it was the kind that you get from a rope around your neck. Hey, wait a minute. You mean... And all the rest of the story you get two weeks from tonight. Not now. So long, everybody. So long. So long, both of you. In the strange adventure you have just heard, Nick Carter was impersonated by Lon Clark, Patsy by Helen Choate, and Scubby by John Kane. The story was written for Nick Carter by Humphrey Davis. Original music was played by Lou White. The entire production was under the direction of Jock McGregor. Two weeks from tonight, at the same time, listen to another curious experience of Nick Carter entitled The Double Disguise. Or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Kidnapped Heiress. This story is a copyrighted feature of Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The return of Nick Carter is produced in the studios of WOR and is broadcast over most of these stations Monday evenings at 9.30 Eastern Wartime. This is Mutual. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, 
based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Come in. Hi, Mr. Templeton. Oh, hello, Louie. Where are you? I'm in my room. I'll be ready oh. in a minute. Hey, wait till you see my cap. I gave it a bath for Christmas. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Look, I don't want to rush you, but if you don't hurry, Christmas Eve is going to be already Christmas morning. And what will all them tots think? Oh, them tots will be singularly fortunate. However, all I have to do now is get my whiskers on. There. How do I look? Mr. Templer, if I didn't know you was Mr. Templer, I wouldn't know who you were. Hmm. Louie, don't I look like Santa Claus? This may come as a surprise to you, Mr. Templer. Santa Claus is fat. Oh. You're not fat. Oh. Well, hand me that cushion from the couch, huh? Okay. Here. Yeah, thank you. Now then. How's that? Now say ho, ho, ho. What for? Santa Clauses always say, ho, ho, ho. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, ho, ho, ho. Well, anyway, you look like Santa Claus. Hey, Mr. Templer, whose idea was this? Uh, Mrs. Winterbottom's. Oh, the dame who annoys tots on Christmas Eve. Mrs. Huh? Winterbottom is a very well-known philanthropist, and every Christmas Eve she collects hundreds of small children and feeds them. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Who feeds them the rest of the year? Don't be bitter, Louis. Sorry. At least I ought to give the little tots a, a laugh. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose there is something to be said for Mrs. Winterbottom. Don't say it now. Don't worry. There's something to be said for Santa Claus, too. He does go around filling stockings. Yeah, I know a blonde. Shouldn't say that either, huh? No. Mm, Someone at the door. Louie, would you mind? No. It's probably one of them tots. Correction, it's a tot 20 years later. Get in. I'm already in. Back up. I'm backing up. Thanks. Now, reach, gents. You know, that gun in her hand looks loaded. Now that you mention Reach. For what? Uh, the, the chandelier. You can't. Why not? No chandelier. Oh, a wise guy, huh? If you're going to shoot me, I insist on knowing your name. Uh, just call me Sally. Sally. And uh, your last name? Never mind that. How would you like to get plugged in the... In the... Bread basket? Where? Oh, let's pass lightly over that. I wouldn't like to get plugged anywhere. And shut up. All right. Where is it? Uh, Right down the hall. Are you trying to be smart? Not especially. So it's going to be like that, huh? Like what? Now, you listen to me, Fats Boylan. Huh? You shut up, too. I didn't say anything. Well, shut up anyway. I'm shutting up. Uh, What was I saying? You just finished calling me Fats Boylan. Uh, That's right. That's wrong. I'm not Fats Boylan. Ha. Well, it helps keep the conversation going. Look, Fats, are you going to stop stalling and hand over the stuff, or will I have to shoot? Uh, Since I am not Fats Boylan, and since I have no stuff to hand over, I'm afraid you'll have to shoot. Mr. Templer, that could be fatal. You keep quiet, punk. Who's a punk? You're a punk. Mr. Templer, am I a punk? Well, Sally is just a little confused this evening, Louie. Confused or not, she shouldn't call me a... shut up! You you don't have to start bawling. I am not... Bawling, I... I uh... You were just about to shoot me. Well, I know, but then you'd bleed. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand the sight of blood. Why don't you strangle him? Louie, don't be unkind. Oh, it seems to be the doorbell again. No, wait. Oh, it's very impolite to keep people waiting. But I, I must have been followed here. I... Sally, look, stop illustrating a point with that gun. It might go off. I don't care. But then I'd bleed. But where can I go? I've got to hide. Well, Try the kitchen. All right. 
Oh, come on in. It's open house tonight. Well, well, my old pal, Fat I am not. Boylan. Although I'm beginning to waver. Perhaps I am. <laughs> Simon, the split personality. Who are you? Well, Joe Hudson. You remember your old pal, Hudson. Hudson. Hmm. Well, I must admit you look like a hornet, but your lines aren't as nice. Look, if I'm your old pal, why don't I know you? Oh, that's easy. We never met personally. Well, how else can you meet? Ignore that. But if we haven't met personally or otherwise, how can I be your pal? Oh, I, I was just being friendly. <laughs> Besides, uh, you got something for me. I have? Uh, oh, great little kidder, ain't you, Fats? <laughs> ain't he, pal? Now I feel better. I'm a pal, too. Look, I wish I deserved your delighted choice. Uh, look, but... just leave me have the stuff and the then I'll get... Stuff again. What stuff? Am I going to have trouble with you? Uh, the door behind you is open. Why don't you use it, huh? In that way, nobody will have any trouble. I'll use it. I'll use it after. After what? Sounds like that, huh? Ever see one of these before? I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint you, but the answer is yes, I have. Good, good. Then you know how it works. It shoots bullets at guys. Guys who get bullet shot at them have a habit of dying. Really? Well, then perhaps you'd better not shoot that gun at me. I won't. So give me. So I ain't got... Well, that is I... That is you ain't got. <laughs> Thanks, Louis. Basic, I ain't a patient man. Hand the stuff over or I... I don't have any stuff. Or you get shot. I'd bleed. Who cares? I do. I hoped you might. However... This could be a stall. This could be trouble, so you... You can't shoot him. Why not? It's against the law. I read it in the papers. It's against the law. Yeah, yeah, I believe you. Oh, so that's okay. Yeah, but I like doing things against the law. Oh, well, you, you, you could go to jail. I already been there. Well, for shooting somebody, they'll hang you or something. If somebody told them. Well, I would. You would, huh? Uh, I would. So maybe I'd better shoot you first. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't want to deprive Mr. Templer of the privilege. I, well, I, Fats, it's your last chance. Oh, not that phrase. Also, I still don't so know... So it looks like I'm going to break a law. Hey, who did that? You did, you dope. I did not. This here is a plan. But you won't get away with it. <sighs> Goodbye, Mr. Hudson. Mr. Templer, who made with the artillery? It must have been Sally. She's in the kitchen. She can stay there. She saved our lives, Louis. Yeah, but maybe by now she's found out she likes to shoot guns. Well, let's hope not. Uh, hello. It was nice of you to frighten Mr. Hudson off. I did? You did. I, I didn't hit anybody? No. Oh, I'm so glad. Hey, hey I, I've got her. She's out cold. <laughs> Come on, I'll put her on the couch. Come on. a little late, but somebody ought to mention she is not a bad-looking dish. You've mentioned it. Hmm. Looking for smelling salts in her bag? No. Identification. Here's a driver's license. Her name is Sally Walters. Address, 49 Arden Drive. Social security card. She's the secretary. That's what I need. Oh, take it back. She's coming, too. Better put the bag back. Yeah, but keep the gun, though. There's still some bullets in it. No. We don't want her to know we went through her bag. We're ashamed of ourselves? We're going to pay her a visit. She ain't home. But she will be after she leaves here, and then perhaps we can find out what keeps the uh, home fires burning. Sally was in kind of a hurry leaving us. So she was. 
Mr. Templer, don't look right. Santa Claus chasing a blonde. Uh, I'm not chasing her. Technicalities will get you no place. Hey, this must be it. 49. What is she a secretary of? The treasury? Mm, I suspect this is where she works, Louie. She works overtime, huh? Yeah, and probably sleeps in. Come on. I hope that nobody is peeking because they'll think Santa Claus is off schedule. I think perhaps I can manage without the whiskers. Yeah. Ouch! Now you look like an imposter. Uh, Would you ring, Louie? Okay. You know, this is the type house. I got a feeling Santa Claus will have to use the servant center. Shh, shh, shh. Uh, yes. I'm Simon Templer. You are? I am. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm, Mr. Templer, all butlers are like him? I doubt it. I think he's been practicing. Haw. Haw. Well, good night, then. I think not. Would you mind removing your shoe from the door? I would. You might at least have shined it. Humphrey, whoever is it at this time of night? No one, madam. Oh. But such an interesting looking no one. Santa Claus, you've lost your whiskers. <laughs> I haven't. They're right here in my pocket. Oh, how nice. Actually, my name is Simon Templer. I'm Carla Worth. Uh, this is Louie. Hi. Oh, I, I mean. Hi. Uh, be kind to the peasant's type. Did you want to see me? Now that I've seen you, uh, yes. Well, come in then. <laughs> Thank you. But, madam. Humphrey, go away. Yes, madam. Humphrey's such a problem sometimes. Shall we? Hmm. Nice? Mmm, yeah. Fire in the fireplace, books on the bookshelves, port in that decanter. Yes, would you like some? Uh, no, thank you. I just wanted to be sure the accessories were all correct. Someday, maybe I'll find some other wine besides port in the decanter. I dream. Simon, are you the one who found them? It's beginning again. Found what? My jewels, of course. Have they been lost? Simon, they were stolen. You know that, don't you? Should I? I've heard of the saint, Simon. I didn't know he was also a Santa Claus. Oh, it's a fleeting impulse. Uh, When were your jewels stolen? This afternoon. You see, Claude, my husband, that is, bought me them for Christmas. (laughs) Santa Claude. Louis. Sorry. We decided to have the party this afternoon. We thought it'd be nice to have a quiet eve, so we did. The jewels were in quite a large box. There were quite a lot of them. And? Claude had hired a Santa Claus, but before the party was over, Santa Claus had disappeared. So had the jewels. Well, there must have been some precautions. Oh, there were several detectives. But the Santa Claus said he was going out to get some air while the party was on. He never came back. But he didn't have the jewels on him. The box was locked, and it was too large for the detectives not to have noticed. I see. The name of the man hired to play Santa Claus was, of course, uh... Fat Spoiler. And who may you be? Claude, this is Simon Templer. And Louis. I know neither of them. Snoops, obviously. Get rid of them. Claude likes to behave as though he were an emperor on occasion. The box wasn't found anywhere in the house? The jewel box, no. The jewels were insured? Naturally. It's none of your affair. I shall speak severely to Humphrey. He should never have let you in. I let them in, darling. So now he's going to speak severely to her. Uh, We'll go quietly, except... uh, Mr. Worth, what is Fats Boylan's address? I have no idea. Good night. Good night, Simon, and I'm sorry. So am I. I'll show you out. Thank you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pronounced Carla Worth. Yeah. What do we do now, Santa Claus? Eh, we get into your nice, clean cab and. Hey, wait a minute, Louie. 
<laughs> now we're going to find out what became of Sally. Simon. Well, good evening, Sally. I overheard. Fat's address is 17 Beale Street. 17 Beale. Yes, I've got to get right back to the house before anybody notices. Goodbye. An awful short visit. A bit long enough. Now we're going to visit Mr. Boyle? I think so. I hope he ain't so handy with a gun as the rest of these characters. He may be, he may not be. Now I'm all cheered up. Hmm, but there's one thing I'm sure he isn't. What's that? Fat. Quite a change from the Waits dump. Now this is a dump. Yeah, and Mr. Boylan would seem to be shy. Mr. Templer, you said something about the one thing he wouldn't be was fat. Why, because he was called Fats? Mm, not exactly. Louis, I'm worried. Mm. Hey. Hey, the door was open. Yes. Maybe that means our bird has flown? Maybe. Come on, let's go in. Okay. I ain't usually so poetical, but uh, the light's on. Yes. And the room looks funny. Looks like a, a hurricane came to stay for dinner. Hmm, and remained for six months. Somebody was looking for a, a jewel box? And someone obviously didn't find it. The extent of the search indicates that. Nothing was left untouched. It's a funny smell in this room, you know. A couple of funny smells. Yeah. One's perfume and the other... Gunpowder. Huh? Gunpowder. That's why I ain't been looking behind any pieces of furniture. It really wasn't very far to look, Louis. Huh? He's behind the day bed. Fats? Fats, Louie. He, uh, he ain't doing so good? He's dead. Uh, and Louie... Yeah? He wasn't fat. Mr. Templer? Yes, Louie? We're being followed. Since... Since uh, we got out of Boylan's place. Oh, that's interesting. Louis, stop the cab. That'll make it easier for whoever's following us. Exactly what I want. Even on Christmas Eve, this shouldn't happen. Now what? Uh, we get out. Don't look behind you. Start walking. Mm. Here is a nice, lonely street. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is home hanging up stockings. I wouldn't mind hanging up stockings myself. I, I, I... Who do you think it is? I think it's our friend Hudson. Oh, I just lost five pounds. You mean the guy that was chasing Sally who was all ready to shoot us until she made the explosion? Neat reminder. Oh, you think he wants our money or our life? Possibly. What kind of an answer is that? In here, what? quickly. Here. Mr. Templer, this here alley is full of garbage cans. It's also dark. You don't have to see garbage cans to know they're around. Hudson? Yes. Good evening, Hudson. What? Don't turn around. I've got a gun on you. Hey, I don't like it. Louie, take Mr. Hudson's gun away from him. Okay. I've got it, Mr. Templer. Good. Aim it at him. Hey, now, wait a what? minute. You can't shoot me with my own gun. Why not? That ain't tactful. Uh, what other gun could I shoot you with? Your own. Hey, you mean you ain't got a... Oh, mister, you are a liar. And on Christmas Eve, too. Hudson, who hired you to follow Sally and me? Uh, it was my own idea. Yeah. Louie, hmm? Mr. Hudson isn't being friendly. He ain't, huh? Mm, he ain't. Therefore... Hey, hey no, don't, don't lose your heads, fellas. We've lost patience with him, Louie. We have? Mm, shoot him, Louie. He's beginning to bore me. He's beginning to... I, sh I, I should shoot him? Yes. Fatal? Fatal. Okay. 
Except I don't know what my wife and six kids are going to say about... You haven't got a wife and six kids. Oh, now, no, no, wait a minute, please. Louis, we're being cruel, prolonging Mr. Hudson's agony. Put him out of it. Now, wait a minute, I... I I'll t- Who hired you? Uh, Mrs. Worth. Mrs. Carla Worth. You're quite sure? Strike me dead. If, uh, that is, don't strike me dead. Look, look, if she didn't, would I say, why would I say she did? Uh, you have a point there. But uh, why should she have wanted you to follow Sally? Well, she had an idea. Her husband and Sally were kind of, uh, you, you know... Uh, yeah, kind of uh, decorating their own little tree together. Hmm? I couldn't put it more tactful. Oh, I see. So if you got enough divorce evidence, Mrs. Worth could hold up her husband for plenty of alimony. No, no. Oh, Mrs. Worth is the babe with the dough. Mr. Worth is a very well-educated bum. Indeed. It's huh? interesting. Uh, Louis, let me have the gun. Yeah, here. Uh, hey, wait, I, I, I just told you the truth. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Mr. Templer, that's gratitude? It's necessity. Oh. We need him out of the way for a little while. He's out of the way. Now, uh... Yeah? Now we're going to find out who else knew that Fats Boylan was thin. <laughs> visited often enough, I might even get accustomed to this joint. Mm, you might also start confusing yourself with Grant. <clears throat> uh, good evening, Humphrey. I'm sorry the family have retired for the night. Well, it is late, I know. I wish to retire myself. Why, Humphrey, you don't look 65. Good night, sir. Aren't you going to ask us in? No. Why, Humphrey, I thought you and I were going to sing Christmas carols together. Let go of me! Shut the door, Louis. Okay. I shall complain. All uh, right, but not now. You... Mr. Templer, I'm going to wear that gun out hitting people over the head with it. And I couldn't have him warn anyone we're here. Why, we're going to burgle the joint? In a way. Huh? Well, a kinder description would be search the place, Louis. Oh, for what? Oddly enough, something that can't be seen or touched. Sounds like a ghost. Yes, and in a way it is. The ghost of a murderer. <laughs> Before Christmas, all right, but a creature is stirring. A couple of creatures, boss. Yeah, we've covered all the rooms on the other landing. Therefore, the bedroom should be here. And therefore, this should be someone's bedroom. Let's go in. We're sleeping? Now, if I can open the door softly enough and look in. Mm-hmm. Moonlight through the window. Yes. The dressing room. Door beyond would be the bedroom proper. Proper is not a word we're in any position to throw around. Yeah, we'll have to go in to the dressing room. Come on, Louis. Okay. Wait a minute, Louis. Hmm? Inhale. Mr. Templer, I don't usually take breathing exercises in the middle of the night. Louis. All right. I'm inhaling. Well? I feel. Mm-hmm. Familiar? I could learn to love it, but no. Hmm. Well, then out we go. You didn't care for that perfume. You didn't tell me anything. What do you want perfume should tell you? Who killed Fats Boylan? Another bedroom. We go in? Naturally. Mm-hmm. 
For a bachelor, that ain't the word you should have used. I'm beginning to get worried about this. Supposing somebody screams. Pull yourself together, Louis. Okay. After all, like the poet says, strong heart never won fair maiden. You mean faint heart. All right, so for dinner I'll eat dog food. Now. Another dressing room. Well. Hey, Mr. Templer. Yes. The same perfume we noticed. Uh-oh, don't be frightened. Simon, what are you doing in here? Louis and I have been testing perfumes. It's the middle of the night. You're waking me. I'm sorry. I'm even sorrier about something else. What's that? The perfume you use is very distinctive, Sally. Am I supposed to say thanks? No. Because the last place Louis and I noticed it was in Fats Boylan's room. Minutes after he'd been killed. Oh. Not good, Sally. You're, you're making all this up or... No, but... no. This bottle of perfume will be evidence. But I didn't kill Boylan. You must be joking about that. I don't think a jury would find it funny. You knew about Boylan stealing the jewels. You must have helped him. I, I didn't. But then you found yourself being trailed by Hudson, who'd been hired by Mrs. Worth. You were afraid he'd discover the connection between you and Boylan. That's why you came to my apartment. No. Oh, yes. You hoped I'd throw Hudson off, perhaps frighten him. In the meanwhile, you could get to Boylan, get the jewels from him. That isn't true. But when you got to Boylan's place, you found him already dead. And the jewels gone. I didn't. It would be much better for you that way. What do you mean? You wouldn't be liable to a first-degree murder charge. But there were detectives here while the party was going on. Boylan couldn't have stolen the jewels. They saw him leave. He didn't have them. He did have them. He was playing Santa Claus. And he was a thin man. Santa Clauses, as Louis pointed out to me earlier tonight, are fat. Therefore, Boylan entered this house wearing padding underneath his costume. He left it with a large jewel box in place of the padding. That's how he did it, Sally. You're smart. Mm, you found Boylan. You knew his address. Therefore, you'd hired him in the first place. And therefore, also, a jury would believe you'd killed him unless you tell us who did well, all right. I'll tell There's you... There's really no need, my dear. Oh, Claude. Hey, Mr. Templer, tell him to point the gun someplace Mr. else. Mr. Worth, point that gun someplace else. I prefer this direction. You were saying, Mr. Templer, about the jewels. The jewels were insured. Therefore, you, Mr. Worth, arranged to have them stolen. Indeed. Indeed. In that way, you could retain the jewels, the insurance money as well, and not worry very much whether or not your wife divorced you. Clever. Boylan is dead. How true. You had to see to that, didn't you? Otherwise, he might have blackmailed you for the rest of your life or for whatever money you got out of the entire crooked deal. I can see two other deaths. Yours, your friend. And Sally? You going to kill her, too? That depends, I should think, on Sally. Claude, I never knew you intended to, to kill anyone. There's no need to play the ingenue quite so strenuously, my dear. You were in on most of it. But not murder. Hmm. I'm afraid Mr. Templer's pessimism is justified. I shall have to include you. But however did you get on to her, Templar? Her perfume. To be precise, this perfume. Well, you got him in the eye. Yeah, I hope this gets him someplace more effective. Mr. Templar, the trail of unconscious bodies you're leaving behind you tonight, if laid end to end, yes, would look terrible. Simon. Yes, Carla? You've been very sweet. Even without your whiskers, you've been sort of a, a Santa Claus to me. <laughs> May I? Oh, with pleasure. 
Well, I never knew Santa Claus could kiss like that. Santa Claus is no saint. Yes? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, hello, Louie. Mr. Templer, you better put on your whiskers. You've forgotten all about Mrs. Winterbottom? Mrs. Winterbottom. Oh, well, the hour is past midnight. The tots have undoubtedly totted off to bed by now. Louie, you may tell Mrs. Winterbottom... I know. <laughs> that the saint ain't no Santa Claus. have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now, here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us who live in the United States are aware of the spiritual values of American life, our factories and machines and luxuries. But there is another side to American life, a side made up of spiritual values. Our country was founded upon faith in God. In the Declaration of Independence, it states that men were endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Thus, religious faith is part of the very foundation of American democracy. And one of our most precious national heritages is freedom of worship. By exercising this freedom... You and your families can enjoy the spiritual pleasures that come with church or synagogue attendance. Moreover, your religious leaders stand ready to give you their help, whether you need personal or family guidance. And if you suffer the loneliness natural to a newcomer to this country, the churches of your faith will welcome you. We all know that without spiritual values, the other advantages of American life have little meaning. Without faith, the family and the community become unstable. Without faith, the individual denies himself the peace and guidance of religion. The doors of your churches and synagogues are open to you. The freedom to worship as you please is yours. And so America's religious organizations invite you to find yourself through faith and to come to church this week. And may I wish you all... A wonderful Christmas, and for the world, peace in all the years to come. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. Adventure of the Saint was written by Louis Vitties. Our cast included Mary Ship as Sally and Betty Lou Gerson as Carla. High Everback was Hudson, Ted Osborne, Claude. The Butler, Stanley Farrar. Louis is played by Larry Dotkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Don Stanley. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. For your Christmas Eve listening pleasure, there's another broadcast of NBC's Sunday hour-and-a-half extravaganza, The Big Show. 
There's a whole Christmas stocking full of stars, including Tallulah, Jimmy Durante, Edwin, Charles Boyer, Robert Merrill, and many more. Tonight also means your weekly visit with the Harris family on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Be sure to hear this special Christmas program later today on NBC. Happy holiday, happy listening, happy holiday, happy listening, NBC wishes you a season of good cheer, a merry, merry From 1950, that was Santa Claus is No Saint. It would have been interesting to see Vincent Price portray the saint in a film or even TV series. I suspect that Simon Templar would have been somewhere between George Sanders' earlier film performances and Roger Moore's later TV version. While our first feature today was from the premiere season of Nick Carter, Master Detective, this episode of The Saint was culled from the series' final run. In fact, despite giving it a number of goes, beginning in 1945, The Saint never really found a consistent home on the radio dial. I truly hope you enjoyed this festive peek back at the golden age of radio detection, and you'll join us again next time for more gems from the classic Christmas archive. And don't forget to visit our blog at christmasarchivespodcast.blogspot.com for links to all our episodes and show notes loaded with sleighfuls of vintage Christmas goodness. And thanks again for listening.